The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Oh, it's wild card weekend. We have fantasy football, at least daily fantasy football. I don't think a lot of people out there are starting fantasy football leagues. But by the way, if you are playing one of these playoff fantasy football leagues, make your playoff predictions first and draft the team, draft players from teams that you think are going to make the Super Bowl. That's how you win those things. But anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about the games, talking about the lines, all that stuff. You're listening, as usual, to Sean and David on the Fantasy Football Almanac Show. David, a little rough this morning. How you feeling? I just I want to take a minute, just <laughs> apologize to our audience here, um, for our YouTube members. You know, for my disheveled looks. Uh, just. I, I got way, way too drunk last night, like accidentally poisoned myself uh. drunk. And that's what happens. I blame the whiskey. I Don't be drinking whiskey just on ice, like mixing it in. And it looks like, oh, it's mostly water. Oh, sh- like good. I got so drunk, Sean. I left the oven on with food. food wow. Cooking. I got that level drunk. That's Praise next level. Lord. Praise the Lord. My father is also occupied in the same home as me i live with my parents that's just a cooler way of saying it uh your roommates um, <laughs> your roommates my roommates that's what i meant to say <laughs> um he he saved the day so we i didn't burn my house down in my sleep um but yeah man i, I sl- usually sl- wake up during the night i slept right through till 7 a.m on the couch where i fell asleep <sighs> mid monday or sunday night football game so today I'm just, I'm probably going to slip up, say some stupid things. I'm probably going to be delayed in my response. Uh, I'm hoping that the 17 Advil I just took four seconds ago starts to kick in at, at some point soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've been there. I'll tell you what the, for me, what the scary thing is, is because um, I, gra- I gravitated. How old are you, Dave? I don't even know how old you are. You're 26. 26. 26. So Too old to be making this kind of mistake. Yeah, you, you've been around. So around actually around that time, I think I moved for, to, from Orlando to Chicago at 27, I think. Uh, yeah, 27. This is 2009. I'm 38 now. And around 30, um, you know, one of the people... I had risen in my career at that point, so I was hanging out with some executives a little bit more, and, and like the executive VP of my company was a Scotch guy, and I could never drink Scotch. He's like, "Yeah, you can't drink Scotch because you're drinking the cheap stuff." And here, here, have some of this. And so he converted me to Scotch. And over the last decade, basically all of my 30s, I've just been doing nothing but drinking Scotch. And this crazy thing is, is like I can put away half a bottle and not really feel any effects too much at all and when you get to that level it's time to dial it back so that's that's what 2021 is going to be about for me is i'm giving up the hooch and i'm eating clean as you know we talked off air i'm, I'm starting the keto diet today just to supercharge my body get it back. i don't like diets some fad diets and stuff but i got to do something so wolf anyway too much too much scotch. i had some bourbon last night that was my last that was my last thing now i'm clean living clean living here forward it's all yeah, about I don't longevity. drink very much, so I think that was part of the problem. I, I have a low tolerance, and mm. I just low tolerance just, is good. It's less expensive. It's good, and it can be bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely can hurt you the next day if you lose track. But yeah, I, I I was never a drinker really until my thirties, like your your age before college, and I just never I was just never a drinker because it, I didn't feel good afterwards. Uh, the immunity is the problem. Though. I get we got to kick that. I want to get back to being a an, a lightweight. It's better. It's yeah. it's it's cheaper. Then you can sip on if you want to have something. You can sip on like one and just be fine, you know. Especially if you're drinking nice scotch, like you know, 
don't have the I'm money more of a that. cannabis connoisseur anyways. Yeah. It's a lot healthier for you. I don't I try not to drink very much in general. Yeah, I believe that. Um so let's start start talking about some of these games here. Um I, what I want to do Dave and I talked about this already, but I want to go in order of how the games are being played. So we're going to go Saturday into Sunday. Um early games into late games obviously. Uh first game of the week, first playoff game of the week. I think is a, is a really nasty matchup. Um, the Indianapolis Colts versus the Buffalo Bills. And here's how I see it. It's like the Buffalo Bills right now, if I was doing a regular season power ranking to end the year, it would have been either the Bills or the New Orleans Saints as the number one team of how they were playing at the end of the year. But playoffs are different. To me, especially in the NFL, NBA as well, you kind of throw the regular season out the window because playoff experience matters a little bit more. Specifically, the referees start to swallow the whistle. Um, and so in my experience in watching the NFL, once you get into the playoffs, younger teams with younger quarterbacks, younger wide receivers, they're not used to being roughed up at the line of scrimmage and being contacted 10 or 15 yards downfield. Stuff that would be a penalty during the regular season is no longer a penalty in the playoffs. That's why Belichick used to just ravage the Indianapolis Colts, you know, those old Patriots-Colts matchups, because the Colts could not adjust to the physicality of, of playoff football. It's less physical today than it was in the, you know, the 2000s, 2010s and stuff, but... Um, it's still an issue. So I'm curious. Now, Indianapolis has got a great defense. Buffalo's defense is playing so much better as of late. Like they are, and their offense has been next level. They took a little bit of a dip around the midpoint of the year. I think schedule, I think weather had something to do with that. But Buffalo, man, what I'm trying to say here is Buffalo's playing some of the best freaking football in the world right now. Maybe the best in the NFL. But the Indianapolis Colts, I know they kind of squeaked by the, the, the Jaguars, even though they won, they won by 14 and stuff. That game was a little bit in doubt towards the end. But the Indianapolis Colts defense is good. I don't think this is a great matchup for either team. I think it's a tough draw for both teams, especially the number two seed, Buffalo Bills. But here's how I see it if you're, if you're playing fantasy in any respect. I'm sitting, I'm sitting Rivers this week. Buffalo's defense is playing too good. They're giving up 18 points per game the last three games. They're just getting better and better, and they're peaking at the right time. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's playing better. I start him. Hines is a start grade for me, but I think I stay away from Hines this week. The receivers, I don't like at all for Indianapolis. If I had to pick one, I would actually pick Pittman or maybe even Pascal. Um, for Buffalo, on the other hand, of course you're starting Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen might even be the most successful runner this week against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I'm starting Diggs, I'm starting Cole Beasley, and I kind of stay away from everybody else. I think there's probably going to be another touchdown in there, but I don't think it's going to go to Gabriel Davis or, or whoever else. I don't, I don't know if it goes to Knox. Maybe it's just a rushing touchdown for Josh Allen. But I'm going to leave it there for now. We'll get to the spread in a bit. David, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, this, is, this kind of smells like possible upset alert, doesn't it? Like, yeah. you're, you're right, the Bills are playing great football right now. Josh Allen's in the MVP conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, here's the the but, this this is a really good Colts defense. And the, the playoff experience, it just, it tilts towards the Colts, I think. I think they definitely, I mean, Rivers absolutely does. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen, I mean, he, he hasn't, did they, did they play one game last year in the playoffs? Yeah, they, they played, and that was, I believe they played Houston before Houston lost. And, and and that was the game where, I mean, they were scoring, but that was the game where, in my opinion, Allen kind of got the yips towards the end of the game. He had that weird lateral, you know, he was kind of going wild. And to me, that was youth. Uh, and I do think he's taken a step up. Before I switch it back, you know, I'm looking at Buffalo, and I knew Buffalo was going to come out and try to win that game against Miami yesterday to get the two seed. That's what it, kind of a younger team does. 
aggressive head coach, and I love Buffalo. I really do. But that number two seed, man, I would rather have the number three seed and be playing playing Cleveland this week, to be honest with you, if I was Buffalo. I do not like this matchup for the Bills. I don't, but I don't like it for the Colts either. And the Colts, meanwhile, they're the number seven seed in this new format. Um, Tennessee wins the division. They have Baltimore, which we're going to talk about later. Gosh, if I'm Tennessee, I would honestly, I'd, I don't know who I'd rather play. Tennessee... I guess they've beaten both the Bills and the and the Ravens, but I don't really want to be facing the Ravens. Like the AFC South got really nailed in these matchups. Like Buffalo and Baltimore come in the hottest definitely this weekend. I don't envy the AFC South and what they have to do. But anyway, take it take it. I'm passing it back to you. I'm following it back to you, David. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't like the matchup for the Bills. I just. I don't like it offensively. The Colts have been playing good. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen's been playing great. But I think Diggs, obviously you start Diggs. But I don't really feel comfortable investing. There's a lot of like, uh, I'm in a playoff challenge. You pick one player from each team. Right. I will not be picking Josh Allen as my quarterback. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And, oh, I pick two. You pick two per position. So one per team, two per position. So you pick two quarterbacks, two running backs, two wideouts, two flex. I'd rather pick like Diggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm in one of those kind of playoff challenges as my wideout, I, I love Jonathan Taylor. I think this is a great matchup for him. I think they're going to look to feed him. And Buffalo, they're mid- middle of the pack right now. They're 17th in rushing yards mm-hmm. uh, per game allowed. So they're they're not stopping anybody. They're not shutting anyone down. So I mean, they I'm are saying. they are playing better as of late, but I agree with you. I think the way well, to— They played of late. They played two what, of— Miami, what, New England— like, England, I mean, that offense is garbage. I mean, so it's hard to really say they've been playing better defensively or maybe they've just been playing worse teams defensively. I still think when you look at the bigger picture this year, this Buffalo defense has regressed from last year. And I I think you're going to get a heavy, heavy, heavy dosage of Jonathan Taylor. And I expect probably Josh Allen to make some of his mistakes. So I won't be surprised if Indianapolis wins this game. Yeah, I, I do see it a little bit differently. I do see Buffalo as improved because I have been watching a lot of Bills this season, and they they have played poor teams and put up, in my opinion, like kind of poor output. I do believe their defense is playing better, but I agree with you. I think that the, the way the best way to attack Buffalo, it's not up the sidelines. I don't think this is a wide receiver on the outside game. I think Indianapolis. Oh, by the way, I, I, I completely neglected to mention tight end is a really nice matchup. If you're gonna like take a flyer on a tight end this week, this is the problem is that Indianapolis is a true flyer on Indianapolis. Because they have a bunch of options at the position. Oh, we've talked about all year. All year. Side at the Indianapolis uh, tight end position because almost one of them seems to always put up fantasy points. It's just figuring out which one of them is going to be on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it, it it is running back. I mean, I think we could probably predict the game plan. Um, you know, Buffalo. They're not going to get a lot of yardage on the ground. I don't believe. I think it's going to be Josh Allen running. And to me, this this whole game comes down to is how much has Josh Allen really m- matured or, or calmed down when it comes to pressure situations? Because last year, like he did okay, but he kind of failed the test in my book. I think the Bills fans would all give him a pass. Um, I'll never forget that lateral. That <laughs> lateral was. I, I'm sorry, Bills fans. I'll never that, forget that. That was the funniest play I have ever seen. 
in NFL history is just like, what does this dude do? Like, you can see he's just trying to do too much. That's what a young player does. <clears throat> but he's seriously, like, I, I can't say enough about Josh Allen in terms of complimenting. Because, look, I, I, I'll cut him down there. That was the goofiest the, the goofiest thing that he did. That it's was so wild. Sense. It's only and been it, sense. And it's not like he played an awful game. He just was just trying to do too much at the end of that game last year. Is he going to take another step forward? I think he's playing with confidence now. I think the whole Buffalo Bills team is playing with confidence. I really honestly... Honestly, coming into the playoffs, they are playing the best football. Now, am I am I going to say that they're a, a better Super Bowl odd than say the Kansas City Chiefs? Hell no, I'm not going to say that. But coming into the offseason, I mean, you got to give some respect to them. Let me hit you with the line. To get, let me get your thoughts on this. Indianapolis on the road at Buffalo, first playoff game of the week on Saturday is plus seven versus the Buffalo Bills. What would you take in that one? I'm taking the points. I think it's going to be a close game. It's playoff football. You know, we talked about it last week too. And I've been getting burned, I feel like, by big spreads all, all season long. And seven's not a big spread. But for playoff football, it, it seems like a big spread to me. So I'll take the points in Indianapolis here. Yeah, I'm looking at um, – so my computer projections, my computer um, basically prediction score has Indianapolis 30, Buffalo 33, which I think the, the computer projections are coming back high. Uh, computer says three-point game, so obviously Indianapolis would be where the computer comes back in at. I don't know. When I wrote down the scores this morning, I wrote down Buffalo 27, Indianapolis 17. Let me say this. If this is week 18 of the NFL season, to me, I would bet on Buffalo, even though that's a high line. My my real advice would be to stay away from this game because I do think that Buffalo is the better team. But I got to see what Josh Allen looks like in playoff football this year before I'd put money down on the Bills. And you're right. I mean, Phillip Rivers, like— he gets overshadowed by, of course, Tom Brady and back then Peyton Manning and now Patrick Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger his entire career. But Rivers has had success in the playoffs. Like, he's a good quarterback. Man, this is this is going to be – I think this is one of my favorite matchups of the week. I'm not going to bet it. If I'm going to make a pick, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to trust my eyes on what I've seen the last few weeks. I'll take the Buffalo Bills. But it all is on Josh Allen's shoulders, as it should be. Like you said, he's kind of in the MVP, um, you know talk there. Now, let's move it on to the next game. Second playoff game of the week also on Saturday. The Los Angeles Rams visit the Seattle Seahawks. We get some division matchups in the playoffs this week. I guess we're going to see that going forward a lot, you know, seven teams um, in the playoffs. Now we get three or six wild card games total, which is pretty cool. Uh, let me get over to my points here. Um, if I'm going to... Gosh, I have a start grade on Jared Goff. We don't even know if he's starting a game, right? Uh, that, by the way, David, uh, a parlay, like I always do well in week 17 because I always bet um, you know, quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks. I had a parlay. I was sitting on um, Cardinals plus five because I get in, got in early in the week. Cardinals plus five. I was, I was walking tall until freaking Kyler Murray and that ankle or whatever it is completely screwed my parlay. It cost me like probably like yeah. five hundred, a thousand bucks. That that injury cost me that. It was it was a heartbreaker for me. But so it goes, right? So it goes. Now the Los Angeles Rams. Back to them. Back to this game. Um. Jared Goff, I do have as a start grade, but I, I, this is computers talking. I don't like it. I'm, I would override that and stay away from Phillip Rivers. I would actually feel more comfortable starting Josh Allen, um, to your point, in, in your two-pick format than, than certainly any Los Angeles Rams quarterback. Um, running backs, I'm staying away from, although I do like um, – we'll see if Cam Akers can get himself healthy or get himself activated for the game. I don't even know what his latest status is. Wide receivers will see Cup. Now, I saw, he, was he COVID? Was he out because of COVID or because of injury? I, I missed that as well. I know he was deactivated. I thought it was COVID, but I'm not sure. Robert Woods. Yeah, I, I can't clarify, but 
I don't think it's anything serious. I think he's going to be back for the, for this playoff matchup. Woods, I'm okay with um, starting. Really, with the Rams, I, I feel like this is going to be a low-scoring game. This is more my gut than my computer. My computers say it's high-scoring game. I think it's going to be low-scoring game. Seattle, you know, I'd feel fine starting Russell Wilson in any format any day. Um, Chris Carson, I think, is going to have a nice game. And I like the, the two receivers there, specifically Metcalf and Lockett. And I just stay away from everything else in this game. The Rams are really tough. Because even if they say, yeah, we think um, golf is going to be playing, even if he plays, we don't really know how effective he's going to be. And obviously, if he doesn't play, I mean, Seattle should be able to to run away with this. I mean, literally run away with this. Just pound Chris Carson all game, and that should do it as long as they can hang into the football. But anyway, you go ahead and take it away, David. What do you think? Well, what I want to look at is what happened when they played each other twice this year. Because this is interesting. We have a couple of these uh, yeah. matchups in the playoffs where – divisional opponents that have already played multiple times this year um and we'll get to the pittsburgh game after too they just played this past week Pittsburgh, yeah. cleveland um but when, when they played this year they split the rams took the first matchup 23 16 and the seahawks took the second matchup 20 to 9 so both of these games were low scoring affairs mm-hmm. this year which you kind of expected that rams offense to perform better uh, against uh, Seahawks defense, especially the first matchup when they were struggling. Uh, it, every, I remember everybody, my, myself included, was pl- plugging in Woods and Cup in the DFS lineups left and right. All I got, which one's it going to be, goes crazy this week, and neither one of them went crazy. Yeah. Um, so I would temper expectations on the fantasy side of this because it, it is that divisional opponent, and we have seen them play twice this year, and it's been low scoring both games. So. Probably bet the under. I don't know what the under is right now, but I would assume you're probably going to bet the under on this one. The lines, honestly, the lines aren't out. Some of the sports books have it. Some of the sports books don't in terms because the the golf factor. They need to hear what's going on with golf first. But yes, I I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. So the first game, golf didn't even throw a touchdown. He threw for 302 yards, but no touchdowns. It was Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. Brown had two touchdowns, and Daryl Henderson had one. Um, in the second game, we saw it was the Daryl Henderson show again. Akers was out for that game. Goff didn't have a, a touchdown passing in that game either. Wow, I just noticed that. That's surprising. So in two matchups this year, Goff had zero touchdowns. The big one That's not good. Uh, not good at all. So I would definitely limit expectations for the pass game. If Goff even plays, mm-hmm. it, you know, is he going to be 100% healthy? I mean, every everything I'm seeing here on the screen says avoid this. It says pick Seattle. Um, I would definitely, I think, be picking Seattle here. I don't have a ton of optimism for them, though, on a, a fantasy perspective because we know DK Metcalf is going to get matched up with Ramsey. He had six for 59, like, in the second matchup, and that was considered a good game because right. he pretty much blanked him the first time. So I'm just expecting a real ugly game, a real defensive battle here. It might be a little bit of a snooze fest, unfortunately. Yeah. Let me hit you with the line. The Los Angeles Rams plus four and a half versus Seattle Seahawks. Who would you take there? I can't in good conscience bet bet on the Rams uh, under any circumstances with with the question marks around golf. So I'm taking Seattle pretty (laughs) No matter what the spread is here, unless it's humongous. If it was like eight point spread, but the backup, I mean, if it was 13 point spread, right. it might be Seattle. 
<clears throat> that's my thing too. I think I think betters everywhere should bet on Seattle right now, um, and wait to see what happens if you know if the Rams play the backup because what will end up happening is you know Seattle's at plus four and a half. I can see the sports books are assuming golf will play right with that line. Um, if golf plays, honestly, I think this is when I wrote down the score, and I'm assuming golf will play as well. I wrote down Seattle 13, Rams 9, which actually would actually have me on the Rams side, which is a stay away. But here's my here's my advice to people betting: bet on Seattle now because if it comes out that that golf can't go, this line is going to end up at Seattle, you know, minus seven and a half, Seattle minus eight. Then just go and put some money on the Rams and hope it falls in the middle. You know, worst case, you lose the rake on both sides. You know, you lose a buck you know, whatever your bet is. But uh, if it falls in the middle, you hit both bets. Boom, you know. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and do that. Uh, it, my computers, by the way, since I'm making this, computers like Seattle uh, to win by seven. So they like Seattle. And this, of course, my computers are assuming golf will be healthy as well. I just, I man, that Rams defense, they're, they, they're good. They've been good all season. I think they're still getting better. So I, I think it's going to be, Closer to that twenty to nine performance, and I believe Seattle scored a late touchdown in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So thirteen to nine is kind of right there. That's what it feels like. Feels like just yeah, it was a, tough a fourth matchup. quarter, fourth quarter Jacob Hollister touchdown with two fifty one left. There you go. Before that, there had only been one touchdown scored the entire game in the second matchup. Yeah, man. I mean, this is it's a division matchup. These two teams know each other. Interestingly, the Rams' offense is like middle of the pack. We talk about the Bills and how their defense. We all expect them to be top five defense, and they're like around fifteen or sixteen. Uh, the Rams are the same deal offensively. Um, meanwhile, we didn't think the Rams' defense was going to be as good. They're better than they've been in the last couple of years, and they've had really good defenses. It's going to be going to be an interesting one. I tend to think interesting one for the matchup. I don't think we're going to see a lot of points, but I do think we'll see some drama at the end if Goff can go. If not, I think Seattle you know, wins this comfortably. Uh, next game, we have the late game on Saturday. Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. Now, Washington kind of falls... Uh, butt backwards into the playoffs. First of all, credit, credit the defense because the, the defense is legit. If you play in a you know high value defense league or something like that, Washington's defense is going to be like one of the top three defenses next year in fantasy. They're just getting better and better. Um, Tampa Bay, I've been seeing all year. They they're a team that can beat you thirty six to thirty five. They're a team that can beat you nine to six, um, depending on the week. So if you can win both ways, I like that. You also um, have Maybe not for the team widespread playoff pedigree, but you have at le- at the leadership position Tom Brady. He's been to the playoffs a few times, right? He's made a couple of deep runs. This team is knows what to do. The Washington Football Team's young, uh, but Alex Smith, dude. When was the last time Alex Smith is a starting quarterback and didn't make the playoffs? Seriously, 49ers Chiefs, take it to the bank. Alex Smith is a starting quarterback. He makes the playoffs. By the way. As a starter this year, David, you probably know this, but for audience doesn't. Uh, for our audience, a lot may not. The Washington Football Team—they're not—they're seven and nine this year with Alex Smith as the starting quarterback. They're five and one. Okay, uh, nobody wants to play this Washington Football Team. The defense is playing the best they've played all year. They're getting better and better. Alex Smith is five and one as a starting quarterback. I know their record sucks, but this is this is not the easiest matchup in the world for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, meanwhile. You know, Mike Evans, I mean, I don't love it. I tend to think he'll play, but that's why you don't necessarily go full bore, you know, when you don't need the game. I mean, their playoff, you know, seeding wasn't going to raise or uh, or lower with that. But let me hit you with fantasy stuff, and I'll swing it over to you, David. Um, Tom Brady, definitely a start grade for me. I have him under other guys uh, this week, but he's startable. I'd say he's probably of the... uh, 
what, there are, what, six games? So we got 12 teams playing this weekend. Of those 12 teams, I would say he's probably about number five this week for me. Um, so, you know, nothing to blow the budget over, but he's startable. Um, running backs, I stay away from both of them against the Washington football team. I think this is going to be something where, you know, maybe Godwin uh, could be a guy like Antonio Brown. Mike Evans will see one of these receivers I think will break through. And I think Gronk is going to be a nightmare. Uh, for Washington, um, I think it's Antonio Gibson, maybe J.D. McKissick. Uh, McLaurin, I think, to your point, David, early in the season, he's he's matchup proof. I think you start him. But here's my concern before I swing it over to you, David, is Tampa Bay defensively, we've seen them get gashed in the secondary this year, as we did last year, but it's teams that push the ball downfield. Um, Washington is generally a team that kind of shies away from a lot of deep shots. It's a lot of McKissick. It's a lot of short slants. It's a lot of, you know, hits you out of the backfield. It's a lot of five yards, 10 yards and up. Tampa Bay kind of excels that um, in those types of matchups when they can be aggressive. Washington and Scott Turner has not really shown the desire to push the ball downfield a lot. I have seen them do it, but I haven't seen them do it a lot, certainly not against Philadelphia um, on Sunday Night Football. So take that as it is. David, why don't you talk a little bit about this matchup and how you think it'll go? Yeah, um, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the Washington game last night because as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, I poisoned myself essentially with whiskey, accidentally drank way too much and just... It was nap time after that. Not so. yeah, not not the best decision when you're watching Sunday Night Football. You know, life I'm life not, decisions. I'm not perfect, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is. Uh, but w- with the Washington football team, I think this is a good matchup for them mm-hmm. because they and I'm, I'd be worried if I'm a Tampa Bay fan because they do all of the things well to combat Tampa Bay's strengths. Mm-hmm. It, I'm, I do not like this as a fantasy matchup for anyone involved right. just because all of the all of the players i like the other team's good at stopping them right like right. i like the tampa bay wideouts but washington right now is second in the league in passing yards per game allowed the only team to allow less passing yards per game than the football team this year is the rams they're mm-hmm. only allowing 191.8 passing yards per game and <sighs> what is tampa bay doing right now tom brady's hot you know, they're passing all over people the past two weeks. They've, they've just been going crazy. We'll see about Mike Evans, whether he, he plays, whether he's ruled out, um, because that will definitely make it even more difficult for Tom Brady to succeed in what's a tough matchup and make it more difficult for these wilds. It could push more volume to Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and get them there despite the matchup. But I'm, I'm not thrilled about it. And on the other side, I mean, you're right, Terry McLaurin, he's, a, he's an auto start. But Gibson, I don't see how you could start him in any sort of playoff challenge or DFS. It's Tampa Bay. I mean, what are they known for? Shutting down the run mm-hmm. and McKissick stealing the receiving volume. Tampa Bay's only allowing 80.6 rushing yards per game. Second place is Indianapolis at 90. So 10 rushing yards yeah. less than number two rush defense. So it's not good for Gibson. I think this could be another when we talk about the Rams, Seahawks, like, it could be another just defensive battle. And it, I, I wouldn't expect to see the same hot Tom Brady. But again, it's playoff Tom Brady. So we're, we're going to find out some things about just how gelled this Tampa Bay offense is and how elite Tom Brady is as a playoff performer. I, I think in terms of matchup, I think where Tampa 
you know, I, I give a slight upgrade or, uh, you know, the, the advantage to Tampa here because they have Gronk. And, you know, the combination of Scotty Miller and Antonio Brown can work the middle of the field a little bit better. And, of course, Antonio Brown can go over the top. We know that. But I'm, I, I think, like, you know, kind of what you're used to seeing Tom Brady in the playoffs of working just kind of short short middle and then maybe, you know, throwing a, a little bit of a deeper seam to uh, Gronk. I think that'll be there for them this week. Washington, if you're playing daily fantasy, I do think McKissick is probably the wiser start because he's gonna he should be less expensive. than I haven't looked at the numbers this week, but he should be less expensive than Gibson. And I think Washington... You know, that's kind of going to be their main means, I think, of passing the ball this week, or at least their attempt. Now, Tampa Bay is really good at stopping that screen, though. So I'm thinking that McKissick won't get a ton of yards, but he should get receptions. Um, man, this is – I really, I could see anything happening here. I could see this being, um, you know, 35 points or under, but I could see both teams, you know, getting into the 20s here. I really don't know what we're going to see from both of these guys. I do know that Washington, to have a chance, needs to start fast. Um, they did pretty well starting fast yesterday. Um, the good thing, too, I think Washington was having some problem with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles benched Hurts late late in the game. He wasn't passing well, but he was kind of carving them up and run. You know Tom Brady's not going to carve up the Washington football team running the ball. It, it's a very interesting matchup. I think a lot of Tampa Bay Bucks fans who aren't necessarily dialed in to like you know, watching all the games and all the teams, they're probably seeing 7-9. Yeah, we're going to roll through them. I don't think this is a roll through. I don't, man. I think this is a kind of a danger game for Tampa, but I do think Tampa is the better team. So let me hit you with the line here, David. Tampa Bay on the road, minus eight versus Washington. Who would you take? That seems like too many points for, for me. I, I think I'm going to take Washington here. Even though I don't expect Washington to be able to put up many points, I, I still think their defense is good enough to cover. I have, let's see, the computers came back, Tampa Bay 31, Washington 17. I don't I don't like that projection. Like, I'm not going to bet this. When I disagree with my computers, I just take it off my board. That's how I bet. That's how I save money. Uh, because if, it, you know, if they don't pass the eye test or the smell test, um, then I, you know, I just remove it from my board. Me personally, I feel like it's going to be Tampa Bay 24, Washington 17. I do think Tampa Bay wins. I could see this game being in doubt in the fourth quarter. Eight. If it's over a touchdown, I think that's too much for me. So I'll personally take Washington. My computers take Tampa Bay. Um, I think it's too many points. I think this is one of these, like the Indianapolis-Buffalo game, I don't really don't know what we're going to get. I think it's going to be super interesting. Saturday is going to be a really interesting game because no, there's literally no result that would surprise me. It really wouldn't. I think some people would be sh- Okay, one result that would surprise me is, uh, is the backup quarterback for the Rams if he plays like houses Seattle. It's not going to happen. But other than that, it would not shock me if Washington wins safely based on their defense. It wouldn't shock me for Tampa to completely blow out Washington. Indianapolis, Buffalo, either way. That could go either way for me. Buffalo, you know, blowout to short. Rams, Seattle, I think, you know, we all think these games will be relatively close, but it really would not shock me. Um, Let's move it on to Sunday, a game near and dear to your heart, David. We got the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. Now, obviously, the Titans beat the Ravens last year in the playoffs. They beat them earlier this season. I don't care about that. I think these are two different teams playing. Um, last year, Lamar Jackson, that was his second playoff game. Like, I, I called Tennessee to win that in an upset. I, I like that matchup for Tennessee last year. This season, was that Baltimore's last loss, by the way, David? Was it Tennessee? Was that that took them to 6-5? and five? It was around that time. 
this year? I'm not sure. I can look it up, though, if you want to keep, keep yeah. going. Well, let me say this. I know last season in 2019, the last loss that the Kansas City Chiefs took was to the Tennessee Titans around that same time, around Week 10. Was it the same time this day, David? Do you have it up? I'm pulling up right now. I, off the top of my head, I believe Pittsburgh was our last loss. It was. It was Week 12 against Pittsburgh the okay. week before. Was, was week 11 against Tennessee, and then we rattled off five straight wins, yeah. which we pretty much knew was going to happen. Yeah, we predicted schedule. we predicted that. We predicted Baltimore would win five straight and go into the playoffs, and everybody would be hyping them up, which they are. But I think deservedly so. Baltimore's playing their best football of the year. Um, look, man, this is going to be this is going to be a wild game. This is going to be a wild game. I think both teams are going to be able to score points here. In my opinion, that Tennessee game, yeah, Tennessee won the game. I think Baltimore was kind of in charge of that game. But Tennessee did what they did, what they always do, man. They stick with the run. Derrick Henry won in the day, and they won that in overtime with the Derrick Henry run, if memory serves. It's going to be a close game, everybody. This is not going to be a repeat of last year's playoffs. Um, this will be a close game. Baltimore is ready. They're going to be you know, thirsty for a win here. Let me hit you with fantasy. To me, Lamar Jackson's a definite start. J.K. Dobbins, about time, right? David and I also predicted that. Another feather in our cap. We predicted it was going to, for some... Predicted it for six, 16 straight weeks. Unleash him, unleash him. I wouldn't say predicted. We begged for it. Was would be the more accurate well, description. Begged for it, right. I, I, I thought it would be like Nick Chubb and Chubb's rookie season. I thought J.K. Dobbins, it was for... For stupid reasons, more than anything else, it was going to take him a while to supplant, you know, Gus Edwards and Mark. You know, sometimes these coaches, man, they just just like, oh, let's make the rookie earn it, blah blah blah. J.K. Dobbins is the best rookie running back. I've said it all year. I said, I also said it's going to take him eight games to get in the lineup, but just be patient. We were to to be fair, you and me, about seven games in, we were just like, why aren't they playing? And you kind of went off, like, give him the ball, give him the ball, you know. But um, you know, they finally give him the ball, and then you know they they reel off like five straight. J.K. Dobbins is next level good, everybody. Next year, he's a top ten fantasy running back. Lock it in. But Baltimore, yes, you start J.K. Dobbins. Uh, wide receivers, you know, I think it's going to be too varied to start any of them. I stay away from them. Mark Andrews is a start for me this week. Derrick Henry, of course, he's a start. Tannehill is a start grade. I think he's average this week. You know, probably have him around six in terms of, you know, 12 quarterbacks playing this week. I'd have him five or six this week in terms of fantasy points. Uh, A.J. Brown's a yes. I stay away from Corey Davis this week. Um, I do think I would rather go with tight ends there for Tennessee. Corey Davis, now I have him over a 10, don't get me wrong. I just think he can do better in some of these other matchups. Anyway, take it away, David. What do you think about this game? Well, I'm looking at the box score from week 11 because, like I said, I want to see their most recent matchup, how things played mm-hmm. out. And I think we're going to see a lot or could see a lot more of an offensive game than some people are expecting. Like Baltimore, we have the notoriety as a defensive-minded team. Mm-hmm. We just have not been the same defense that we've been capable yeah. of being this year. And we've lost some guys to injury. Campbell missed some time. Wolf missed some time. I think Brandon Williams missed some time as well, you know. And But it's just even with a fully healthy defense, it just hasn't been to the same level of eliteness yeah. that, that we're used to in past years. In Tennessee defense, like the defense that they had that won them games in the playoffs last year, yeah. it just – completely been i don't i don't know what word to use decimated evaporated <laughs> they just never just, got it together something ate it it's not mm-hmm. been good they lost logan ryan and free i posted on twitter i had just asked what happened to the tennessee defense from last year at one playoff games and a, a lot of titans fans were telling me logan ryan that departure means a lot they haven't had a dory jackson and uh, what a lot of people have pointed to the defensive 
coordinator. And I believe it was Dick LeBeau who, who they lost as defensive coordinator. Mm. And that could that could yeah, be sure. playing a big part of it. So I, I think you're going to see Baltimore score a lot of points. The first matchup, it was 30-24, to 24 and that, that went to overtime. Right. But Tannehill threw two touchdowns. Uh, Corey Davis was actually the leading receiver in that mm. game. He actually outproduced A.J. Brown. He had five for 113. Yeah, that was the like the Brown, Brown to send it to overtime, made like a Herculean play, right? He was like yeah, a monster touchdown. in that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he had four for 62 and a touchdown. And, and to your point, the tight end, Jonu Smith, four for 20. He also got into the end zone as well. So he had a, a salvageable day for fantasy-wise. And then Derrick Henry... 28 carries, 133 yards. Obviously, that game-winning touchdown at the mm-hmm. end in overtime. You're starting him regardless, regardless of the fact that it's the Baltimore defense where I talk about that defense just isn't the same. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem using Derrick Henry against this defense. J.K. Dobbins, he had 15 attempts, 70 yards, and a touchdown the first game. So I would definitely be using him in this yeah. game. And that was the start of when they started really featuring him. In that game, you had Dobbins with 15 attempts, Mm -hmm. Jackson with 13, and then the next, Gus Edwards only had three attempts, and Ingram only had two. Yeah. So they really looked to feature J.K. Dobbins, whether it was just that time of year, whether it was the the matchup that they looked to do it. They certainly looked to do it in their first matchup, so I would be using him as well. And then on the receiving end, um, Lamar only threw for 186 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Mark Andrews had a good game. He was the one receiver to have a good game. Five for 96 and a touchdown for him. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if Hollywood played or if he was out that game, but he he didn't register a catch. I'll tell you that. He's, he's not mm. on the, the box score here. Des Bryant had four for 20. That could have been the start of COVID. Yeah, because right after that is when the Ravens basically started their JV squad against, uh, against Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I don't think he did, but I don't know. I don't remember. But, but Brown did have his best game of the year in the playoffs last year against him. He caught like seven for 126, I want to say. Mm. Um, so he could be a flyer. It, it depends. I'm not thrilled about it, especially when you look at the fact Jack's only threw 186 yards the first time they played. So if I'm using anyone in the receiving game, it's going to be Mark Andrews. Let me hit you with the line here. Um, so Baltimore, I think it's a great line. Baltimore, I'm taking Baltimore. Yeah, of course you are. Of course you are, the Baltimore fan. I think it's a great line, though. Like, if I when I was writing it down, that's right where I would have the line. It's Baltimore on the road, minus 3.5 versus Tennessee. You taking Baltimore? Yeah. You know, my, uh, my picks are split here. So computer picks have Tennessee, but um, I wrote down the score. I personally wrote down the score. My score prediction is Baltimore 32, Tennessee 28. Computer prediction was Baltimore 34, Tennessee 31. So, th- you know, three points, four points. It's right It's right there. So what, It's about time we get revenge on these guys. It, the, the, it needs to be leveled. To, to the last two games we lost, we can't lose three games to these guys in a row. We can't. We can't. I, I want to let the crowd know David's obviously rooting for Baltimore. I'm rooting for Tennessee. I like Tennessee. I do. I, I, I enjoy Tennessee football. But I think Baltimore is going to win this game, and I think they're going to win by four. I, I not even going to root for your co-host's favorite team. No, no, it, no, no, no. <laughs> I like your pain. It's good for the show. 
It's good for the show. I like you. I like when it's you come in all pissed off on, <laughs> on Monday morning. Yeah, that show's been show's been uninteresting since the Baltimore Ravens have started winning. You're all happy all the time. Um, no, no, no. Like I, I think Baltimore. I, I do think that they get some revenge in this game. I'm not counting out Tennessee. Like I really like the way they play football. It's the defense, man. The offense is good. We know the offense is great. The offense is great. But uh, the defense, I think, is worse. Um, so the combination of offense and defense, I think Baltimore's just playing a better football right now. I think Baltimore gets their, what, their sixth win in a row? And, you know, they're going to make another team next week pretty nervous. But uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, let's see. We got the middle game, the afternoon game on Sunday. The Chicago Bears versus the New Orleans Saints. Now, here's the thing about the, uh, the Chicago Bears, obviously, since going back to Trubisky, he's now 6-3 and three as a starting quarterback this season. Um, after the loss to Green Bay. New Orleans, Drew Brees. Um, look, the New Orleans Saints, I said this last year about the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers were not healthy last year until like week 15 of the NFL season. They weren't healthy, and they still went to, you know, they were they were good. I think they were, what are they, the number one seed, number two seed, something like that. No, number two. And number one, I don't know, one of them. And then uh, they went to the Super Bowl. New Orleans this year has not been healthy since week one. Mike Thomas goes down with the ankle injury. Then Kamara was banged up around the time uh, Thomas came back. Thomas came back, and then he's out again. This team has not been healthy. We could. We'll see if Kamara can come back, but we'll get some running backs back for the New Orleans Saints. And Mike Thomas should be back, Michael Thomas. This New Orleans Saints team is as loaded as they've been since week one of the NFL season. Like, this is the best version of the Saints team we're going to get, assuming a Kamara can go. And that's... Not a healthy assumption, because he actually tested positive. It wasn't one of those contact like things. He might not be available for the game. We'll see. But, dude, like the Saints coming in are the strongest they've been all year. But the Saints have kind of put up some duds in the playoffs um, in recent years. Most notably, in my opinion, last year, losing to Minnesota in the, like, the first game that they played. So, I don't know what we're going to get, man. Let me just get to the uh, the fantasy football stuff. I will say, you know, the Bears, they are running the ball. Um, you, a little bit of a scare with Montgomery yesterday, but he did come in and, uh, you know, actually finished the drive out where he got injured. Um, Trubisky, to me, especially in daily fantasy, start. Start him. Uh, Montgomery, I don't like this matchup. I never like running backs. It's not the Montgomery, my anti-Montgomery stuff, but I really just never like running backs against New Orleans generally. Uh, Allen Robinson, it took him a while to get a target yesterday, I think, but uh, I think he'll be back in the swing of things. Actually, I like that Trubisky wasn't featuring Allen Robinson earlier. It shows a little bit of growth, for crying out loud. And Komet, I think, has a start grade as well. Now, that could be, look, revenge factor, Jimmy Graham, New Orleans Saints. Maybe Jimmy Graham gets a touchdown, but I think one of these tight ends gets a touchdown uh, this week. My bet would be on Komet, but you never know. Now, New Orleans, um, Breeze, I do not have as a start. I have Kamar if he can go as a start. If not, I don't care. I'm going to go with Murray. I think he's definitely a start-worthy uh, player. Michael Thomas, I think, will be there. But, dude, like, I'm looking at these projections. They're when, I'm, when I look at the projections and look at touchdowns and everything, they're pretty darn even, you know, between Chicago and New Orleans. I don't think this is a walkover for the Saints. But why don't you give me your thoughts on this game, David? Well, they played earlier this year, which has been my theme throughout the episode mm-hmm. I've right. been looking at. That's what I care about most. Why, why would we not care about that most? So when they played earlier this year, it was week eight, and New Orleans won 26-23. to 23. Mm-hmm. So it was a tight game when they played the first time, but it, I want to – there's a little bit of skepticism to be able to use these numbers mm-hmm. uh, accurately to predict this game because, one, Nick Foles started that game and right. played that game. So it's going to be a different offense with, with Foles than Trubisky. But 
in that game, let's just look at what they did with Foles. Montgomery had 21 attempts, 89 yards, no touchdowns, which kind of is where you need. need 21 and 89 against the Saints is pretty damn good. I got to say. But they kept him out of the end zone, Mm -hmm. which is really what we care about for fantasy here. And he had only had two receptions for 16 yards, so he wasn't really heavily involved as a receiver. Uh, Nick Foles, 41 attempts, 28-41, 272, two touchdowns, one pick. We'll see if Trubisky can replicate those numbers, perhaps do better. I'm not sure. In that game, Robinson had no issue with Foles. He had six for 87 and a touchdown. Mooney had a good game, five for 69 and a touchdown. Anthony Miller, eight for 73. Again, this might have been a Nick Foles thing. It might have mm-hmm. been the uh, scheme thing where this is how they wanted to attack the Saints. I'm not entirely sure which. Um, in that game, you talked about the tight ends. It wasn't very pretty the first time because Jimmy Graham, two for 13, and Komet, one for two. So combined three for 15, it's nothing. It's a dud. Um, on the other side, New Orleans, they didn't have Michael Thomas in this game. So mm-hmm. you, I'm not sure how much the numbers apply in this matchup as well. But not for nothing, this is how it played out. Breeze, 41 attempts, 31 to 41, 280, two touchdowns, no pick. So he didn't have problem passing the ball, even without Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. So he could be sneaky this year. I know the Bears are known to have a good defense, a good pass defense. They, If he put up 282 touchdowns, no picks without Michael Thomas, you know, it would indicate the ceiling might be pretty high with Michael Thomas there. Um, assuming Kamara plays as well. Kamara yeah. had nine receptions for 96 yards the first game. Maybe some of it had to do with MT right. um, being out, but still you're going to expect them to get him six-plus receptions if he plays. He ran well, too, 12 for 67. Um, Latavius Murray was non-existent, eight rushing attempts for 17 yards. Mm. He also had three receptions for 14 yards, but don't get cute and use Latavius Murray anywhere. I would be avoiding him. Well, I, unless Kamara's out, just based on volume. Well, but but yeah, I wouldn't. Get, I agree with you there. Don't get cute and like replace. You know, put Murray in instead of whatever. Let's Taysom Hill's a quarterback, but that's not going to happen. Um, Jared Cook had a good game the first game, five for fifty-one and a touchdown. Uh, Traquan had five for forty-three. Again, that was with uh, without Michael Thompson. It might have even been without Emmanuel Sanders as well, because I don't see Sanders here on on the stat sheet. Mm. So I'm he was out for that game as well. It's going to be an interesting one. Let me hit you with the line here. This might surprise you. Chicago plus on the road against the Saints, nine and a half. They're getting nine and a half points against the Saints. What do you think? They lost by three the first game. With Foles. I don't think their defense is that bad that they're going to get beaten by nine points. Like, I just don't see it. So give give me the Bears quite, quite easily here. That's a pretty easy decision for me to make. Yeah, computer projections for me um, is Chicago 27, New Orleans 34. I do see this more as a touchdown game. Um, When I wrote down the score, I actually wrote down New Orleans 27, Chicago 22. Um, Nine and a half? I feel like I got a lot, man. Five bucks on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like like it. Um, I like like that bet there to bet on Chicago covering. Nine and a half. That's a lot. You think that'll come down? You know, I, I really don't know. I bet you it'll go up. I, I I bet it'll go up um, because the Bears. What did they finish? Finish what eight and eight was it? Um, I don't know what their record is, but you know people will look at that. 
<clears throat> I don't really care so much about record. I care about how the teams are playing coming into the playoffs. And I did say at the start of the show that New Orleans, if I did a power rankings, you know, if this was week 18 of the NFL season, I was doing power rankings, I would say the Saints and the Bills are playing the best football today. And I said at the start of this segment that the Saints are going to be at their healthiest. I do think the Saints win, and I don't think they have particular trouble in winning. But nine and a half is a lot to cover, especially a team that can play defense. Playoff football, too. Yeah. In the battle. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to take... I'm going to take Chicago. Trubisky, you know, has taken this team to the playoffs, um, you know, two out of three years, um, out of the last three years. Now, you know, you could make the argument, of course, that the Bears' defense had something to do with it. But in Chicago, they're playing better football. They're playing better football. Like, they're they're probably playing their best football of the season. So the Saints, even though I think they're playing their best football of the season, it's not a runaway to me. Like, if I'm the Saints, I would rather be playing um, a Rams, a Los Angeles Rams, uh, golf situation notwithstanding, you know, the Rams to me, their offense is sputtering. They're just not playing great football. Honestly, no, nah, I would not want to play Russell Wilson. I was going to say maybe Seattle, <laughs> but no, no, I wouldn't want to do that. So Chicago, it's not the worst matchup in the world, but I don't think it's nine and a half. I think this game should be seven and a half, you know, make people think about whether or not they want to lay more than a touchdown. You're giving me two more points on top of that, you know, I would have set the line, let me put it this way, I would have set the line at 7.5, and, and I would have bet on Chicago at 7.5. So when you're talking about 9.5, I'll take that. New Orleans wins safely. Last game of the week, um, which is basically a sequel to what we saw in Week 17. Well, maybe not a sequel, because uh, we had some key cast members missing in the first one. We had uh, the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last playoff game of the week, we got the Sunday night um, uh, version of this game. Here's the deal to me. Um, you know, Pittsburgh... That that Pittsburgh plus 10 line last week, yeah, I knew Roethlisberger was going to be out, Mason Rudolph was going to be starting. That was like the easiest bet of the week for me. The Pittsburgh Steelers last season in 2019 were 8-6 and six without Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Pittsburgh, the first time they played Cleveland, completely dominated that game. And for some reason, David, and we say this with J.K. Dobbins, we say this with a few people, I cannot understand, and I'm Cleveland fans, I'm rooting for Cleveland. I want this to be out there. I want you to know this. I'm rooting for Cleveland. I love that Cleveland's, I love where Cleveland is. It is unfathomable to me that the Browns continue to not give Nick Chubb 20 carries a game. It is 25. Like, give him 25. Give him 30. Do what what Tennessee does to Derrick Henry. You don't lose a game when you do that. The last game, last week, Pittsburgh against a backup quarterback was a two-point conversion away from making that a very uncomfortable, you know, last drive for the Cleveland Browns. It that it, Nick Chubb gets 15 carries, man. Come on. And what was it the week before when all the receivers were hurt? Chubb had I know that the Jets were loading the box. I get it. Just keep running. And I keep hearing about how great this offensive line is. Okay, then prove it, man. When they're loading the box, just keep running. Nick Chubb is next level talented. We saw him take a, a carry to that. I cannot understand. Why you see a talent like this on the field? He's the best running back, in my opinion, since Ladanian Tomlinson. And don't give him the ball. I mean, they give him the ball a little bit, but they give him the ball and they're like, oh, let's give let's give Kareem Hunt some carries. In important situations. What do they do? They hand the ball off to Jarvis Landry. Chubb isn't even on the field. It's Landry and Kareem Hunt. Are you kidding me? That's what concerns me for the Cleveland Browns. If the Cleveland Browns are just like, hey, screw it, we're going to give Chubb the ball 30 times, I'd pick the Browns here. I honestly would. But they're not going to do that. Let me get to the fantasy stuff. I should have pulled up my screen while I was going on that little ramble there. Uh, Cleveland, um, Baker Mayfield, I'm not starting. Chubb, yes, I'm going to start. With his 10 carries that he's going to get, he's going to go for 100 yards and a touchdown. Drives me freaking crazy, Cleveland. Just come on. He's a Hall of Fame talent. Give him the freaking ball. I cannot understand it. And I'm saying this, Cleveland, because I'm rooting for you. 
and I want this to happen, and I'm rooting for Chubb. Not that I care about Georgia football or Browns football or anything. I'm just rooting for the city to be successful, and they have all the pieces there, but they're not executing the way they should be. They blew the Jets game. They blew the Ra- uh, the Raiders game. I just, ugh, it drives me nuts. Anyway, uh, receivers, Jarvis Landry's a start. Um, if you're looking at tight ends, I like Hooper, but I actually don't like him this week. I don't like the matchup. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, Roethlisberger's a start. James Conner has a, has a start grade, but I think that's too risky. I think what we're going to see with Roethlisberger back in the lineup is they're just going to throw the ball 60 times. That's what Pittsburgh does, uh, which means I think you start all three wide receivers, Johnson, Juju, and uh, Claypool. And then um, Ebron, I think, is a start as well. You know Pittsburgh's going to throw the ball. It's in Pittsburgh. I do not love this matchup for Cleveland because they don't, they just don't run Chubb enough to, to do it. And Stefanski, if Stefanski's not going to do it, who will? Anyway, what do you think, David? Yeah, I mean, first off, I got a little bit of a bone to pick with, with Mike Tomlin here. and Not specifically Mike Tomlin, but more of just the idea in general. And I get it. You rest your starters because if they played their starters all the way through and one of them got hurt, yeah, it, you would be hearing the opposite. But they had to know there was a chance that they were going to be playing Cleveland in this wild, wild card round. Like, they had, they get paid too mm-hmm. much money not not to know that. Right, right. And Mason Rudolph brought him back or made a game out of it. But early on, when Nick Chubb had that first long touchdown run to start the game, it, he had it with 9.29 left in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And then they kicked a field goal, and then they kicked another field goal. It looked like Cleveland was going to completely pummel this team. Yeah, it, it did. Completely pummel them. Mm-hmm. Like, really pummel them. And... That is not good for me. I do not want to give Cleveland that confidence. Confidence. And, and I don't want them to know that they can do that because now Cleveland comes. Let's say Mason Rudolph didn't bring them back, right? Didn't make a game out of it. Yeah. And Cleveland went on like they did in the first quarter and a half, and they just pummeled, pummeled the Steelers. Now you go in to a wild card round against a team you just faced that you just let completely pummel you and, and just get that confidence that one they can beat you to figure out how to do it with Nick Chubb right up the gut so I don't love the fact that that the Steelers sat all the, a bunch of their starters this past week I get it I I do understand it but I also feel like it could come back to bite them because I don't think it's going to be the same Cleveland Browns team that they completely pummeled mm-hmm. way back in yeah. whatever week it was early on when they won 38 to 7 against the Browns the first time coincidentally had no chick Nick Chubb in that game mm-hmm. um, so there might be a strong correlation there as well but in that first game when Pittsburgh completely went off uh, we'll look at both of them James Conner had a great game 20 for 101 and a touchdown even Benny Snell had a, a rushing touchdown uh, at the end in garbage time so they ran mm-hmm. the ball well against this Cleveland defense Chase Claypool had a good game, four for 74 receiving in the first matchup. Um, he also had a rushing touchdown, two for seven and a rushing touchdown. Um, James Washington, four for 68 and a touchdown. We might have had no Deontay, I think, in that game. Juju, only two receptions for 60 yards in the first matchup. Um, on the other side, Cleveland, I don't want to take too much away from it because I don't think it's going to be the same thing without Nick Chubb, but... Mayfield really struggled, 10 of 18, 119. Sorry, is this the first or the second matchup this for was the Baker? First matchup. Okay, got it, yeah. yeah. And he threw um, that early pick six, right? Um, Yes, it was the, the first uh, touchdown was a Minka Fitzpatrick yep. defensive touchdown. And obviously Baker's taken strides since then, so I, I won't hold that sure. too much against Sure, absolutely, him. you're right. 
Um, I think the more relevant game would obviously be this past week when Baker went 17 of 27, 196 yards, one touchdown, no picks. But obviously you can see it only 196 passing yards. They're not, they're just not going to pass against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So obviously you're fading everybody across the board, basically not named Nick Chubb or, or Green Hunt, I think, for, for Cleveland. You know, I, I just and, – and let me say this because I kind of went on a rant with uh, with Cleveland and their play calling. And, and I've been on record of this too. Randy Feekner and what he does in Pittsburgh, like I don't mind the, the heavy passing approach, but it's not like – well, let me say this. When Le'Veon Bell left town, when he was on his jet ski in Miami, like James Conner's – Look, he's not what Le'Veon Bell was, but he's pretty adequate. They just ignore the run game. And what what particularly drives me crazy, if it's fourth and goal, let me just say this. If it's first and goal, the four downs in a row, they'll just throw fades or slants or something like that. They'll go empty backfield in short yardage situations, which I think, which I think tactically is the wrong thing to do. If you're just play, if you're playing chess, you just you don't take your you don't do that. You don't spread unless you're going to run a quarterback draw so that you you know you have the space of linebackers out. You have lanes. You just don't do it. <clears throat> I really don't. I really this this game is going to drive me crazy. Cleveland, I think, has the personnel to win, but I don't think they're going to. I don't. I think Pittsburgh is going to win this game. Let me hit you with the line here. Cleveland plus four versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who would you take there? Plus four. Plus four. I don't like betting this game at all. Um, I, I don't think I'm really comfortable if I said the Steelers or comfortable if I said the Browns here. So I guess give me the Steelers because I'm picking the Steelers to win. I think that they're just a, they just have a history with winning and they're just it's in their culture. Just so much more. And the Browns' culture is changing, but it would take a lot for, for them to be to make that. If they beat Pittsburgh, it's going to be quite a leap that they've made. So I'm going to just stick with Pittsburgh for now until I see it out of Cleveland. Here, here's here's my thing. If Cleveland makes an effort to get 40 touches combined for um, for Chubb and um, and Hunt, and I would say it's probably even more like 45 to 50. But Chubb has to have twenty to twenty-five carries and another couple of receptions. You have to you have to be willing to throw screen passes to Nick Chubb. You know he's pretty good with those as well. We've seen him take screen passes to the house. Kareem Hunt, look, I know he does something. Are his hands that much better that you're going to take Nick Chubb off the field in a one-back goal line play? It's just it's just not smart. It just isn't. Um, and I don't think that's going to get it done against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now Pittsburgh. They, they sagged in the fourth quarter of the season, but they've played better the last couple of weeks. And they played you know Cleveland pretty well yesterday once Cleveland went away from uh, from um, from Nick Chubb. I, I just don't have any faith that Stefanski is going to make the effort to get Chubb as many carries as he needs to control the clock and to wear down the Pittsburgh defense and to wear down that pass rush. I think over time, Pittsburgh is going to go away. So let me say this. My computer projections, computer score completely unbiased by me. It's just computer stuff, program I've written. Pittsburgh 35, Cleveland 22 is what the, the score comes back. I wrote Pittsburgh 25, Cleveland 16. I think it's a, I think it's an easy cover for Pittsburgh. Not because Pittsburgh's that much better than Cleveland, but I think they're going to be out. I think Cleveland's tactically, they're going to be outcoached. And specifically because Chubb isn't going to get enough touches. And it's driving me crazy, and Cleveland fans should be pissed about it. But it's a great season otherwise. What are they, 12-4? 12-4 this yeah, year? Yeah, they're having an excellent season. And you know what? That's going to be the norm going forward. And I like Stefanski. Like, I'm a big fan of the hire, but 
for him to not <clears throat> to not stick with the run against the Jets, to not stick with the run against the Raiders, you're telling me he's going to stick with the run against the Steelers? It's not going to happen. It's realistic. Like he's got to he's he's kind of got to grow. I think after the season, he'll probably you know look and, and see. Okay, well, what can I do better? Because I'm sure you know he's a great head coach. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> it's just it's a shame to me because Nick Chubb to me is a Hall of Fame player, and I don't think he's going to get in the Hall of Fame because you know they're just. I don't know, man. I like Kareem Hunt. He's a great running back, but come on. Come on, man. It's just it drives me it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy, David. Anyway, there you go. That's Hopefully, the show. Hopefully Nick Chubb and JK Dobbins both get twenty five plus touches this, this weekend and we can both be happy. Yeah, like I like <laughs> it, it, it I'm telling you, Dobbins Dobbins and Chubb, they're both my favorite running backs coming out of and when I say favorite, I mean I think they're gonna have the best careers of their rookie class. And they came out with some good players, especially Dobbins this year. You had Jonathan um, Taylor. You had a lot of good rookie running backs this year. To me, J- uh, J.K. Dobbins is the best running back this year. They're like the same, and these teams keep giving. I get. Un- I understand keeping a player fresh, but you're talking about taking your best player off the field in goal line situations, and you got to have a touchdown. I don't know, man. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it at all. I know Browns fans are going to, you know. You're going to be commenting below, Steelers fans, hey, I, I picked you to win, but golly, I just don't see how you do it, David. How do you take your best player off the field when you're like three yards and in and you got to get a touchdown? I, you- I would think you point to him or something or maybe send like, something in through the headset, but I would think it would be like point, like come off the field. Like that's how you would do it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they're doing. <laughs> that's what they're doing. They're like, oh, we don't want our best, we don't want our best ball handler in there. Let's... Uh, Let's get uh, Kareem Hunt in there. We want to throw. We want to throw a you know a little shovel pass or something, or we want to hand the ball off to Jarvis Landry and get the tough yard. Look, man, it it works, and they're twelve and four. That doesn't work in the playoffs, guys. It's it does it doesn't. Been watching been watching this stuff for thirty years. It's not going to work. So, you know, complain about it now. Lick your wounds <laughs> on Monday. Anyway, that's the show, David. Got anything else for the crowd before we head out? No, I'm going to go just hibernate in like a, a coma in my bed. Just try and sleep. Hydrate, get some electrolytes, take a multivitamin. Yeah, for sure. All right, on that note, hey, everybody, uh, go out, make some bets, play some fantasy, and uh, have a great, great week. We'll be back next week talking about the divisional round. Talk to you then.